Welcome back to another episode of the Strozzi Football Podcast. On this week's pod, we discuss Scotland doing the unthinkable and taking six points and clinching a home playoff semi-final. Uh, yet to be determined who will be playing, but exciting times nonetheless. Uh, Stevie G, no longer the manager of Rangers. So we discuss uh, the fallout from that and the appointment of G- Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to, at Rangers. Uh, and also just... We've got Europa League action back this week. We've got we had um, League Cup action on the weekend just gone. Some some controversial calls in the SPFL as well. Richards, how does all this football find you, mate? Do you know it's brilliant? And this is the thing we left it for a few days, having a customary now international break, and uh, and I, I think that's very good because it gives us time to kind of digest some of the stuff that's actually been going on because there's stuff going on all the time, which is the great and really interesting thing about it. Martin Boyle was a big thing for me. I saw him playing in Parramatta um, for Australia against Tunisia. It was a miserable night. It was absolutely chucking it down. Um, but not only had he been in Parramatta, which is you know the western part of Sydney, and then flown back and played a game uh, in Sharjah, uh, whilst Australia continue with their World Cup qualifying journey, which isn't going that well, but that's another story. And then heading back to Glasgow to appear with a starring role in the League Cup. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, Hibernian three, Rangers one. Um, quite the quite the storyline. Uh, Hibs three nil up, and Rangers absolutely stunned. Connor Olsen coming out after the match saying that maybe Rangers have lost a bit of their hunger. Um, oh, that's yes. uh, Ranger, uh, Richard Goff having a wee go at him on on the radio about that as well. Actually, having a wee conversation uh, in public that Connor Goldson might be having a chat with some of his teammates. Uh, somewhat controversial, I think the comments. Well, I, I think Connor Goldson might not be there come the end of the season because uh, he's not he's not exactly progressed his contract renegotiations. So. Hmm, interesting times. A lot for, for, for Brian Bronckhorst to sort of come in. The Rangers not wasting any time in appointing Stephen Gerrard's successor. Um, what do you make of the whole Stevie G down to Aston Villa, uh, Richards? Yeah, similar to uh, the whole kind of shebang around... Um, See, you've forgotten now, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, when, you know, I think an offer comes up of even a sort of mid-table team in England and, uh, you know, the lure of the premiership is just too much. And I think that was always going to be the case for Stevie G. His family is still based on, uh, on around about the world somewhere. I think I think maybe Southport or Ainsdale, somewhere like where, where Liverpool footballers tend to gravitate. And I think that uh, that, that was inevitable at some yeah, point he's... he was going to get an offer. I'm surprised it came as early as it did. Yeah, no, he's uh, well. I mean, well, there is that, but then um, just uh, I think Aston Villa are, are a big club, and I think that's probably the biggest um, like gig he's going to get in his current setup at Rangers. Rangers have got a hard run of fixtures coming up, leading up to to Christmas and the New Year. They've got away games to um, Pitodri. They've got to go to Celtic Park. They've got to go to um, Tyne Castle as well. So they've got some really. So really, really tough fixtures coming up. So I don't know if Stevie G's reading the tea leaves and saying, "Oh, like you know, this is you know time, time, time to sort of get out of here." Because you know, Rangers were tipped to to win the league this season at Acanta, and you know, it's all shaping up to be a really, really tight contest. And we obviously hope it is going to be a, a closely run thing. We don't want it sort of blowing out too early, but 
Um, it's it's trying to make it a really, really interesting league campaign now because new manager, he really doesn't have any time to settle. He's got a massive Europa League game uh, on Thursday night, Friday morning, Perth time. Um, you know, he, he he comes with a bit of pedigree, Van Bronckhorst. So he, he won the Eredivisie in his second season um, at Feyenoord. He's won the Cup there a couple of times as well. But more recently, he was in China and didn't go terribly well with his his club over there. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he settles. Obviously, he's an ex-Rangers player, so he knows the, the lay of the land to a certain degree. But how the players respond to him and, yeah, well, I guess we'll time will tell. Do you know, I think that, not to take anything away from Hearts, I mean, Hearts, sorry, Hearts, Hibs absolutely smashed Rangers in the first few minutes of that League Cup game. Uh, Martin Boyle, as I said, had an absolutely brilliant sort of, the second goal in particular was very well taken. Um, and and it's the first time, we, we've kind of talked about this a couple of times. Now, look, let's not make any bones about this. Rangers are top of the league, they're four points clear. So they're doing something right. Um, and they're doing reasonably well in the Europa League. Okay, they haven't won maybe as many games as they would have liked to, but they're still there. They're still competitive. And this was a cup semi-final. So, you know, it's not all, well, the wheels are not all falling off. But we've spoken about the, the defensive fragility a couple of times. And this is the first time I've actually seen them implode. Like, you know, within a, a 20 minute spell, it just looked like it didn't, if if, Hart, if Hib's got, I'm going to call them hearts all day today, aren't I? It's going to a really bad <laughs> moment of Hibs Hearts. I'm really sorry, Edinburgh people listening. Okay, dead sorry. Um, but anytime Hibs got the ball in their half, they were going to score. Uh, and it was really impressive. It was great to watch. I think Hibs were, were I mean, you know, Jack um, does organise the teams very, very well and sporadically gets a bit of quality. I quite enjoyed the wee dig from Ryan Porteous uh, post match. I couldn't, couldn't avoid a bit of a chuckle. Uh, um, channeling is in our Stevie G. If you haven't seen it, it's on all the channels. Um, but yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, the other cup game, though, I'd like to touch on briefly. I'm sure you were purring, Anthony. Uh, James the Forester has once again reappeared from his uh, injury-prone slumber uh, to put Celtic through and end St. Johnson's superb run in cup competitions. Yeah, it was, um, it was tough, tough going for Celtic. Uh, um, St. Johnson set in a stall out to, to defend and, and make it really, really difficult. And it took a a substitute's goal from James Forrest just being in the right place at the right time to rifle home from close range from a bit of a deflection. And that was enough uh, 1-0 for Celtic to get through to their first cup final under Ange. Um, Jota's Rabona crossed. What did you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, the highlights package, it was pretty much everything involved revolved around Jota. I think he's probably been after Kyogre, obviously, probably the, the Celtics next best signing. And, you know, he looks like an absolute player and he's absolutely firing at the moment for Celtic, which, you know, which is, which is great sort of thing. And obviously only strengthened by the fact now that James Forrest seems to be back to hopefully full fitness now. So that gives them the, the extra option on the rights. Um, but yeah, the Celtic, like I said, they're through to the through the cup final. They've got a very tough task in the uh, the Europa League, the way to Bayer Leverkusen uh, on on Thursday night. So that's going to be tricky to say the least. They took four off uh, Real Betis at home not that long ago in the Europa League. So um, yeah, that will be a, that will be a big big challenge. 
Yeah, Leverkusen haven't been going that well. I think I think there were some concerns that, and I hate to say it, but COVID is uh, rearing its head once again. Um, well, there was a concern that uh, Nordrhein-Westfalen, which is the the region where Leverkusen are based, uh, was going to go into some kind of semi-lockdown. Its numbers are not as high as the Bavarian region and the Leipzig region, which have both been affected in their European competitions this week. Uh, games being played. Behind closed doors, once again, the Leverkusen right. will not be a so-called Geisterspiel. It will be a, it will be a, 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 an attended game, um, so that might be the window um, before that closes. In the meantime, Rangers are playing uh, against Slavia Prague, I think, at home. Sparta, Sparta Prague, Sparta. Oh yes, they see we both hit them both. You see, I get confused. That's really bad. But that, they've got to win that. We game. do, our, um, we do our research before we come on, guys. So we, every we, time, we, we, we every time. <laughs> Every time, um, coming back to well, so talking uh, about Rangers' well, central defence and uh, and John Suter's uh, uh, Achilles tendon, um, I think this is a, a, a very very rough seg into and feel free to wander around Europa League again, but a very rough seg into uh, Scotland's international performance. And we chat about the Suter brothers, John scoring for Scotland. What a brilliant uh, night uh, against Denmark at Hamden. Um, fine finish as well from Che Adams. Uh, John Suter has ruptured his Achilles tendon on no fewer than three occasions. That's a lot of moon boots, Richard. Um, <laughs> he's uh, three, three, three years between drinks playing for Scotland, so that sort of gives you a bit of an idea of you know how many injuries that 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 poor man has had to endure. But he's hoping now that this is his you know big sort of thrust back into playing sort of first team football regularly i believe there was a report in the media this week saying that he's able to speak to clubs um about his future sort of uh, end of december so you know i think there might be some english clubs coming and knocking having a bit of a look um great header john mcginn flicking it to the back post uh cooper flicking it back to uh to Suter, who put it home and put Denmark in like in shock, because that I mean, that was apart from the goal against the Pharaohs that they conceded, that was only the second goal they conceded in the campaign. So, really, quite remarkable that we managed to beat them two 0 at home. Uh, Shea Adams' goal in particular, I mean, he was very mm. close to score. He was offside, but he beat the offside trap the second time and absolute brilliant finish. And that made no doubt that Scotland were going to beat Denmark. And like I said, he secure that. That all-important home playoff semi-final. They did the business over in Moldova as well. Nathan Patterson having a field day. Um, very you can't, you know, again for Rangers goal. first team. Read what you like yeah, into know. that. Yeah. I know. Uh, and then, and also the other thing I should mention about that game in Moldova was Craig Gordon because he pulled off a point-blank save, nothing each, and then he saved a penalty. Um, to keep the clean sheet near the end, and then Kieran Tierney with an absolute brilliant tackle after the penalty save because the ball bobbled up and I think the Moldovan um, centre-forward's eyes lit up thinking he was going to score and Kieran Tierney came out of nowhere and slid in and took took the ball away and then sort of slid into the post. It's one of those ones that could have been quite sore if he knew exactly what he was doing, but you know that was a almost a Julian-esque type sort of sliding in, like leg off the post type situation, but he, thankfully he was okay. So. Um, yeah, very good indeed. So John Suter, uh, his brother, uh, Harry, his younger brother, who plays for Stoke City, 
Uh, it's like you couldn't, you can't, you couldn't script this man. He popped his ACL playing for Australia against Tunisia in that game that I was uh, oh, alluding to earlier on. Um, but Martin Boyle was, uh, leading the line for Australia um, in Western Sydney, and just in the latter stages of the game, went down uh, in, in the typical ACL fashion of uh, looking as if you've been shot by somebody round about you and unable to get off the surface. So he's facing a long rehab, and. On the theme of brothers who play for other internationals, Matt in Glasgow, see people listen to this all over the place, right? Granite and Talent Shaka play for Switzerland and Albania. Yes. Um, and Jerome and Kevin Prince Boateng, Germany and Ghana. Rafinha and Thiago Alcantara. Do you know who they are too? They, those brothers, do you know who they play for respectively? Um, no, help me out. Oh rubbish! Brazil and Spain. I, I was uh, ready to say Spain. I was ready to say Spain. So I, I, I should have said Spain. Sorry, I, yeah. I, I was erring towards that one. But yeah, I didn't know that. So, and there, and there, there are not two but three Pogba brothers. Who knew? Uh, Paul Florentin and Matthias, and they play between them for France and Guinea. So there you go. Um, well, I, thank yeah, you, that, thank you for the contribution. But I completely unexpected that there were three Pogba brothers. I thought Paul was the man, and that was it. You know. Well, he he he, act, he acts like he's a bit of an only child. It has to be said. So, um, but yeah, there you go. Who knew? Yes, remember <laughs> sporting. Remember sporting people when you start dressing up. That being a sporting legend does not a fashionista make you. Uh, let's wander back to the league. That was quite exciting. It's great to see Scotland. They are seeded. Uh, they, I think, the trickiest of the ties. Well, actually, they all look tricky. The draw, uh, I think the draw is the next couple of days. Get, I think blah, blah, for blah, the blah, um, we'll find out who we're going to be Anybody. playing. So we'll know by the weekend yep. who the. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a Scotland fan, I just want it to be a bye. Actually, is there is there a, is there a mechanism for that? Like a bye <laughs> into the final, where we then get Portugal or Italy? Or oh my god, like but you know, but being Scotland, right. we're going to get Poland, aren't we? I, and I'm wandering around the place again. But well, <laughs> give me, give me one more moment. Um, Robert Lewandowski. I've just watched it actually because he scored in the Champions League just before we came on um, with an overhead kick. And it wasn't so much that he scored with a dramatic overhead kick. It was just that he didn't tie his laces. And I can actually hear my mother saying out loud as she watches the replay, and that boy didn't tie his laces when he was hitting that either. Oh my God, what a talent. Anyway, <laughs> I, I interrupt. <laughs> and you take it away. I was ready to say, well, I was ready, we, we, we've waited 15 minutes for the biggest, the con- most controversial thing that's probably happened in the last two weeks since we've last been on. And that's the D United one, Aberdeen nil. Uh, Richard, talk me through it. Fanso Ojo, he um, two yellow yeah. cards, assaulted by a Dundee United fan, shall we say? I don't know if you want to use that term, but um, well, he's yeah, gone. I mean, uh, he's history. Bonkers, yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the so the fan, fortunately identified, uh, has been had his season ticket cancelled and has a lifetime ban for Tanadice. And frankly. Well, he's, I think he's also being charged by the police f- with an assault, and you know, frankly, doesn't deserve any less than that. It was absolutely outrageous. Um, but I think the the worst thing for me was actually watching some of the kids who were standing right next to it, pitching whatever it was they were pitching at, at Ojo at the same time that he was having this set to with with the fan. Now, Ojo, um, if you haven't seen it, his momentum carries him off the pitch over an advertising hoarding. So rather than smash into the advertising hoarding, he hurdles it. And then ends up uh, adjacent to the very front row of uh, where the United support now congregate. It used to be the old shed end at the opposite end of the ground, but it's now 
Uh, actually, uh, right, it's, it's the, the newsstand at the, at the one end of Tanadice. And um, yeah, it's just a push. So, I mean, you know, it, it would it, the guy would have got a booking had he been on the park. But then Ojo was booked in very confusing circumstances by Bobby, Bobby Madden. And that, that has obviously caused a lot of consternation. It's one of those moments where he did have a go at the, the member of the crowd as you're the player, regardless of what anyone does to you. I think that's where he's probably picked up the card. So whether or not you see that as justice or not, he picked up a silly booking before then. United had picked up an even sillier red card, Callum Butcher having a flick at uh, Ramirez's genitals. And again, red card every time, all day, every day. Uh, only redeemed by Ian Hart scoring a really... A very cleverly taken goal late on in the game and, and winning the game for United. But um, yes, Funza Ojo, uh, I don't think he's had his red card rescinded, which is just the way I don't the think he can because it's, yeah. it's two yellows, he can't. But um, I mean, I, Bobby Madden, I mean, talk about not reading the room. I, I, I don't really think Ojo did that much remonstrating with the fan either. He just basically gave him a mouthful. We didn't like, he didn't mm, grab him yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, I, feel, yeah. I feel that was, he was very, very hard done by. Um, Ian Hart, that was a brilliant. That was a brilliant finish. It was very cheeky outside of the right foot. He knew he meant it as well because, like, you, you could see he hit it on the hit it on the volley and yeah, a brilliant goal. And uh, that's ended up what what we should have been talking about. Um, yes. But yeah, Christian Ramirez going down very easily with that little flick to his uh, nether regions. But uh, yeah, um, well, <laughs> yeah, but even so, like, if, again, it's one of those kind that. of situations. Where, uh, it's one of these situations where you give the referee a decision to make. It was stupid. You know, it was one of these really daft things to do, and and like even um, okay, so it's just as well VAR is not there yet because if if we had VAR, that would have been picked up and he would have got a red card anyway. But yeah, it was a stupid thing to do. Uh, Did I sound angry about that? Well, I was angry Um, about that. That was that really annoying. Really annoying about that. Motherwell two hearts hearts no. (laughs) Are you you, you suggesting Um, that you don't want to hear about Dundee United anywhere? <laughs> I think we've yeah. covered it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. A good rant, nothing quite like a good rant. I feel it was cathartic. It was much better. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect, didn't see this coming. Glad we weren't asked to tip on this one. Motherwell two yeah. hearts. No, yeah. now Motherwell really don't like hearts. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but they're kind of there's a wee bit of a kind of closet derby thing that goes on between these two. And uh, hearts actually one of the few teams who have filled their away section at Motherwell. Um, but I good performance. Connor Shields, good goal. Uh, Ricky Lamy, good goal. Um, and the Jambos also managed to get Taylor Moore sent off. Yeah, um, I, I guess it was the double blow because uh, Ricky Lamy scored from the free kick that from from Taylor Moore's sending yeah. off. So it was about yeah. that double double whammy. There was no way back for Hearts, but it's quite interesting. The highlights sort of made it feel that Motherwell were the more dominant side, but Hearts actually shaded it in the possession stats, but shots on target and corners, it was Motherwell. So definitely took the game mm-hmm. to Hearts. And I think obviously down to 10 men with a, th- a, a third of the game to go, um, there's just no way back for Hearts. And yeah, I just, like I say, one of those ones that I wouldn't have tipped, but you know, that's Motherwell in a nutshell. You just don't yeah. know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates, Richard. Box of chocolate, seven thousand nine hundred and eight for a part for that. It's not a bad crowd. That's not a bad crowd for a mobile home game. Right? Yeah, very good. Uh, St. Mern, a uh, drew with Livingston. St. Mern are still going okay, quietly purring along there. They're still sort of mid table, well, walking around <laughs> and doing the, not uh, that badly. Livingston, the, the, as we know, another box of chocolate kind of team. 
Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Jamie it? Jamie McGrath's goal. And that was that was something else. Managing to chip the keeper and the keeper was just barely off his line. That was just yeah. That 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 for me was the highlight of that match. Uh, Livingston dragging a, a late equaliser and one each. Rangers are top of the league, 30 points from 13 games, a goal difference of 16. Celtic second, 13 games, 21 goal difference, 26 points. Hearts and Dundee United are tied on 24 points, with Hearts having the superior goal difference. Malo, three points behind on 21. St Mernon, as we said, mid-table obscurity, sixth place with 16 points. Hibs and Aberdeen, remember this, we, we said this first, but Hibs have now missed a few games. They've got three games in hand and the same points as Aberdeen, 15. Uh, Hibs worrying about the fact that they've got nine games to play between now and the end of uh, December. I think you find that applies to quite a few of the clubs. Uh, Celtic and Rangers, I think, have got eight games each. Uh, St. Johnston, they're in ninth place, 14 points. Livingston, 13 points, 10th place. Dundee, 10 points in 11th place. And Ross County, still adrift at the bottom, six points. Uh, looking very sugarly, it remains at the bottom for them. So, we've got another week of fixtures coming up after the Europa League uh, Celtic uh, long trip back from Leverkusen. That's about an hour and a half on the plane, for those of you who are not familiar with it. Uh, Rangers are at home. Uh, I looked at see if, if I go to see Rangers Hospitality, because uh, I am heading I am heading north. I may even take in the odd game or two, and um, because we're allowed out of Australia now, those of you familiar with the nature of Australian borders. And, uh, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to catch a game or two. Um, but Rangers hospitality for uh, for Slavia, no, I, I, Sparta Prague, 270 quid for your dinner and a seat to watch oh. the game. I know. Oh. Uh, so uh, so I, I probably won't be going to that one. Um, but uh, that's completely by the way. Anything that's grabbed you from the fixtures of the coming week? We've got uh, Ross County playing Hibs tonight in one of Hibs' catch-up games. Um Ross County did reasonably well last time out against Rangers, although ultimately succumbed. But uh, they were looking a lot happier in an attacking sense, but still have that slight row of... In fact, I say row of condemned buildings. I'm going to start a new sort of kind of metaphor for Ross County's defence. It's kind of something to do with Sydney's building code because like Sydney have got their problems, you know, of all these kind of dodgy flats that they've got up that they've now actually found that are cracking and are likely to fall into the ground. But... um, Maybe that's harsh. <laughs> um, well, I think Ross County would want to have played Hibs a month ago when this fixture was originally scheduled because Hibs at that point were on a shaky nail and weren't going terribly well. Uh, fast forward a month, they've beat Rangers in the Cup, so they are, they'll be flying. Um, Jack Ross, like you say, complained about the fixture results, but he's lucky that he's got to replay three fixtures due to COVID because in previous seasons they'd have been forfeits. So, or they'd had to be played at the time with the the squad they had available. So, um, so yeah. So that that aside, I think they they should have enough in the tank to beat Ross County. Um, <clears throat> there's a trip up to to Dingwall, but I, I think Hibs should do the business two uh, nil. Uh, they're they're purring. They're back on back on song again. Martin Boyle to undoubtedly score again. Um, coming up at the weekend, uh, Dundee, who've not been going that well, against Motherwell, who... Um, the box of chocolates. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'll tip Motherwell because, you know, this is what happens. Like, they get a good win and then you think, oh, here we go, Motherwell are going to go on a roll and then Dundee will probably beat them 1-0. But um, I just think Motherwell um, seem to be finding some players. They seem to be hopefully finding a bit of consistency for the fans. Um, so yeah, I think Tony Watt will get a brace. That's my my tip for for that one. I lost you for a moment there, but you're back. 
Uh, Dundee against Motherwell. You're happy with Dundee one Motherwell nil. Then is that what you're going to? Is that was that you're going to pin your flag with that? Yeah, I, I say t- I say two 0 Motherwell, but they'll probably end up being one nil one nil Dundee if we're if if, if the law of averages right, yeah, okay, meet okay, Motherwell hold hold yes. true. That's you. Well done, well done. That's very good. So yeah, it's not always good to get your hedged, your bets hedged, and then you rape whatever way. Um, Hearts against St. Martin. Now, Hearts. <laughs> this is this is you're again just getting to this time of the season where Hearts are flying. They've got four engines on the go, and suddenly both their starboard engines stop. Uh, I hope you like the aviation metaphor there for that. Um, I think that St. Martin will be going pretty well, and we've been saying this too. I think this has got a draw written all over it. Um, I think Hearts read it back to winning ways. We'll say 2-1. Tight one. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So Ross County, we've got Dundee United. Uh, United going quite nicely. Thank you very much. Uh, beating Aberdeen, albeit very narrow. Aberdeen have been better. Uh, I think that they will go and they'll do the business in Dingwall, probably 2-0. Yeah, I, I think the Ross County having to play the two games in short succession won't suit them terribly well. So I think Dundee United should get the get the chocolates in that one. Yeah, that's right. As we say, Ross County is not that, that is, that, that's not their only problem playing two games in quick succession. Uh, St Johnston have got Hibs. Uh, interesting. The, the two the two potential semi finalists that could have gone so differently, um, but it didn't. And uh, they've got Hibs at home. Hibs will they be tired from Dingwall? Will they just stop in Perth rather than going all the way back down to Edinburgh? <laughs> I'm going to go Hibs. Um, one I am going to tip. I'm going to say two old draw for that one. I think St. Johnson are starting yeah, to Johnson find that. Two, St. Johnson have two again. goals in them in a single game. Where you go? I'll uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, the live game uh, it's on being in Australia land. Livingston versus Rangers. Oh my God, Livingston against Rangers. Oh. You see, sometimes when you stay up to At watch the, the Tony game, Tony Macaroni. Right, I it annoys me every time. But I, this is this. Okay, this actually you could just start this at the beginning of the season. Livingston nil, Rangers two. There we go. <laughs> well, I think Ben Giovanni would take a two 0 win away from home any day of the week, but I predict that this is going to be a very, very tightly run thing. I'm actually going to say a one each draw. I just think this is going to be a real tough test Ooh. for Rangers. That's not an easy place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be a I bit think controversial. Be quite cross, I just though. think that on the back of managerial changes, and well. You know, Celtic struggle to win yeah. there as well, so it's not an easy place to go. So, yeah, we're not all Celtic fans, Anthony. Get over it. Um, <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say to you, though, like the, the, the Livingston, the Livingston v Rangers thing is uh, the, the the is it's a bit like saying um, it's going to rain in Glasgow at some point during the year. Do you know? I, I, it's like, I, I'm interested that you think it's going to be closer. I do think Rangers will be angrier. That's my point. Is I think that you know. Um, Conor Goldson and his bit of a go at the weekend. I think a few boys in the dressing room will have had a bit of a chat with him about that, uh, regardless of what Richard Goff suggested that they would have done. Uh, and and I think that that's going to be the bit that kind of really, really sort of augments their 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 resolve in this particular. Anyway, uh, Celtic playing Aberdeen at Celtic Park on Sunday and the return of Scott Brown to Celtic Park. Yep, hopefully you'll get the, the heroes welcome, but I, I think Celtic at the moment will have enough to take care of Aberdeen at home. So I'm going to say uh, 2-0 comfortable. Um, once they get that first goal, that'll um, 
open it up a bit and you know should be relatively plain sailing however obviously coming back from germany but i, I think provided that nothing horrific happens over there um it should be a it should be a straightforward thing for celtic on sunday I think Aberdeen will score. I think Ramirez will score. He's just scoring for fun. I think he'll score. But there we go. I think Celtic will still win. We have 2 1. Aye, something like that. Um, brilliant. So, your final thoughts for the week this week, Antonio? I just want to say rest in peace, Barry Old. Um, he's one of the Lisbon Lions and um, played and coached um, Hibernian as well. And, and basically, I think he scored in the cup final against St. Johnson, where they won 1 0. So it was quite fitting that they had the number 10 shorts on as a bit of a tribute, and Celtic won 1 0. And it was James Forrest that sort of put the back of the net. So uh, rest in peace, wee Bertie. Yeah, he partly the sole manager as well. I think at one stage, if I remember growing up I think he was he was there for a period as well but yeah very sad um, my final thought is uh, not nice to see the plague making its resurgence across Europe um, and so all of the people who are listening to this stage do stay safe wash your hands wear a mask if you're not vaccinated get vaccinated uh, all of that stuff that you've probably heard many times before we don't often wax lyrical about it here we try and avoid it but we want to keep watching the football that's the bottom line so if you do it all we should be sweet um thanks so much for your company anthony thank you for getting up early doors in perth this morning to get involved thanks as ever for your feedback we're on all the usual channels we'll be back again in a week or so no bother mate i'll speak to you soon cheers <laughs>